Welcome to Let's Talk Ed and Zahi. We are talking about uh, a topic that we've covered uh, several times, and that, that's about online education. And uh, we're, we're seeing some, some information out there that students actually have interest in online classes in some way, shape, or form, uh, because there are benefits to them. And, and we want to talk a little bit about what some of those benefits are, why online education, and uh, over the next couple of episodes, we're going to dig a little deep into that. Yes. Uh, so there, there is a, a big divide in, in higher education. You've got uh, predominantly the four-year institutions that want to s more and more focus on uh, in-person, which is a shift and a demarcation from the pandemic when we all, in one way, shape, or form for any length of time, moved toward remote instruction. Uh, but at the same time, you've got the for-profit, predominantly four-year for-profit, that have shown for decades now the impact of um, online and remote instruction. So community colleges have seen a significant increase in interest of students. Now, is it because more students want it, or is it's because we've learned as institutions how to teach better, and we've diversified and increased the number of sections that are available to those students? I'm not sure I know the answer. Uh, but those are the realities of what we're seeing this year. Yeah, and obviously, you know, you talked about the pandemic and three years ago, we were all forced to to take everything online. Right. And, uh, you know, that, that transition happened over, you know, literally a week or two in a lot of places. So, you know, there wasn't the intention that, that some instructors that do online classes and do them well uh, would have in, in that short amount of time. Uh, so what's happened over that time is, is we've learned a lot about online education, better ways to deliver it. I mean, there, there was a day when a lot of online classes were sort of that shovelware that I'm just going to run this in companion with, uh, you know, how I teach my my in-person face-to-face class, uh, except this version is going to be completely online. And it, it borrowed heavily, I would say, from that, that uh, you know, very old school correspondence course model. Uh, but now we're seeing a lot of different varieties in that. You're so spot on. And just as a reminder, uh, the Department of Education uh, enforces a law passed by uh, um, Congress uh, about 15 years ago, perhaps, or 20 years ago, whereby uh, for courses to be considered um, eligible for Title IV federal financial aid, you have to have meaningful interactions between the instructor and the students and among the students and the correspondence classes have never been uh, covered under financial aid so the idea that 
has continued in some people's minds that this is a, it's going to be okay. You know, we don't call it correspondence; we call it online, and it's covered. Is is uh, is actually problematic. With that said, Chris, what I would say the impact of the pandemic has been, from my perspective, is telling us, telling all of us on the education side of the house, that we can do it. That it's not the boogaboo, the the, the scary thing that is just for the young uh, and upcoming uh, uh, teachers. It's for all of us. And interestingly enough, so many people have been able to do it and be quite effective. Yeah, and there are a lot of great ways to to teach online classes. And I mean, there are a variety of modalities of online classes. And we're going to dig into that here in a couple of episodes a little bit more about how how that's been successful. Now, obviously, one of the things that that colleges that are offering online classes have to be very cognizant of is access to those online classes. So, you know, especially when you're talking about a community college that that often uh, in many places are, are serving rural populations, serving you know, populations of a variety of backgrounds, race, race and ethnicity. Uh, and, you know, just taking like the rural divide, for example, um, it, it's no secret that there is a digital divide in rural areas. The, the high speed Internet may not be available to people in rural locations like it may be in uh, a larger urban environment. Uh, and, and some of these online courses require basically high speed Internet if you want to, you know, adequately participate in the class. So that's one of the things that, that colleges and universities need to think about because, you know, during the pandemic, it was, well, go wherever you can go get Wi-Fi and, and we offer it in our parking lot. So come to our parking lot and do that. Uh, but that probably isn't the long-term solution to that. It's definitely not. Uh, but but uh, like we talked about in last week's, uh, it has to be baked into the design of what we're doing, and it has to be baked into our budgeting strategy. Uh, and I, it's a strongly held belief that I have, because it is true. There's an impact on the student. And, and you mentioned rural students, but also if you're a student in an urban or suburban Place and uh, like so many of our students are um, have um, housing insecurity. How much of an open access do you have uh, to high speed internet? Uh, and if you have a phone, how much can you do and be effective on the phone? That doesn't mean that there aren't innumerable numbers of students, uh, that's how they access the education. It's not fair to them. So part of how we, in my opinion, how we should do things, yes, we need to focus on quality on our end, but we also need to think about the access and how we can make it happen. And when we talk about online education, and we're going to dive into it in uh, the following segments, but um, 
let's not just focus on the totally remote asynchronous. Because between that and the fully in-person, there's a huge spectrum there where we can provide opportunities for so many of our students. However, the reason why we're seeing an uptick in community colleges of interest in online education is the diversity of our offerings, the enhanced quality of what we're offering, additionally, the ability to meet students' schedules, life and work, being wrapped around the education. Yeah, and, and that's a big one right there. And, and that's one of the things that we're seeing, especially at the community college level, where uh, often the the adult learners that are, are coming back to college or turning to community colleges to, to do that. And the added convenience uh, of being able to take an online class that that fits better around my my work life, my my personal, you know, my family responsibilities and all of that is incredibly, incredibly important. So over the next couple of episodes, we're going to be talking about what makes a good online course. And we're going to talk about, you know, just in general, some of the other benefits of, of online instruction. So if you enjoy programs like this, you can subscribe to us here on YouTube. Ring that bell down below. You'll get notified when we post new content like we will be here soon. And uh, you can also find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.